welcome to Nair Wrestling. We are your hosts, Mark Sylvester, along with me always is Richie Filmer. How are we all doing, people? Rev Pro Night. And we're here to show long-time fans and non-fans why wrestling is so good. As Richie just said, we are coming back from Rev Pro Epic Encounter 2019. Rev Pro, baby! Rev Pro! So we thought, as we usually do when we're coming back, always do a Rev Pro show. I know we missed the... Um, well, back in January with Raw 3 vs. Pat, but the tickets are literally half an hour, so yeah. what can you do? But yeah, man, so yeah, great show as always, Rev Pro put on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it throughout. Um, regular stars there as normal, but we go through the run card later. But um, yeah, just come out buzzing. Probably the best main event I've seen at a Rev Pro tonight. Yeah, same here. That, that match was really good. Even though I felt the crowd were very much 75-25 El Fantasmo, I yeah. felt me and you and a few other guys behind us were like definitely behind David. So even the guy said like we should do that again, shouldn't we? Like yeah, we should. Like I don't for the chance of getting on. Do you remember you made those comments yeah. to me? And it was really funny. I mean, usually I'll, I'll go wearing like a Bullet Club t-shirt. But obviously, Alvin Santos just joined Bullet Club in the last week, so like the first week of May. So I was like, no, nah, come on, Davy Star. So uh, funny story. I put my Suplex uh, t-shirt on. Met Zack Saber Junior. and. Uh, he shook me hand and said, thank you for repping Suplex. So it wasn't a bad choice, really, was it? Not at all. And you also got a free sticker out of it as well. Yeah, I've so. got a free sticker. I've got a free sticker. Thank you, Zach. Nice appreciating my friends from Sheffy. And I also met David Starr. Got a David Starr hat and an independent T-shirt. So I'm happy supporting Davey and stuff. So, yeah, because yeah, I really like that T-shirt. I was saying to you before, it's one of those shirts that I watch. I quite like New Japan and Zachary Junior sort of thing. It's one of those shirts. Even though you know it's wrestling, it's still cool enough that if you don't know wrestling, it's still like quite cool if you know what I mean as well yeah yeah it's a it's a wrestling shirt but it doesn't scream out I'm a wrestler Mark you know what I mean yeah. like it's got the Bullet Club stuff I'll wear that down the gym and people probably just think oh he probably got that and you look because <laughs> it's not all WWE print and no, not all that all. kind of stuff but no I, I like the independent um, clothing especially the suplex stuff yeah suplex stuff is really really good isn't it so yeah so um, yeah so good journey up up here no traffic much at all right. so we met some cool people the merch was pr- I bought a couple of things Rich didn't buy anything this time because no. there wasn't as much stuff that interested him as last time was so hopefully next time in August mm. there will be more stuff that we can potentially buy as well yeah so. like, it was the first time I've ever been to an indie show and it's, I've never bought merch like, I looked at the table and I don't know tonight just, I wasn't feeling any of it you know mm-hmm. um, nah I was quite happy just paying a tenner to shake Jack, so you know Jack Sabre Junior's hand and get a photograph on the phone that should be going up on the uh, the Twitter handle probably tonight or tomorrow, which we'd plug at the end of the show to see my uh, my evidence of that represented suplex. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't buy any independent gear tonight, but uh, still enjoyed the show. I mean, it's no reflection on the show. No, not at all. The show was very good. And the first match was the um, contenders match. Yeah, it's something new, isn't it? The uh, yeah. Red Pro are doing, which is awesome. Yeah, it's kind of similar to the young lions because you notice the attire that they wear is like black yeah. with the knee pads and stuff, and they do certain moves and that sort of thing. So I kind of like that. It's kind of like having that sort of New Japan feel to it because obviously New Japan and Red Pro are very close. They're like, yeah. I think they're closer than Ring of Honor, aren't they? To New, with New Japan, I would say so now. 
um, especially after the last Wrestle Kingdom. They yeah. had the, uh, the British Championship on the line, which uh, Zack Sabre was wearing tonight. And also saw at MSG as well, wasn't it? That, that was also the title on the line, wasn't it, at MSG? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, because it was Zack Sabre versus Tanahashi, I think, for the championship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite good. Like you said, like there's a reflection of the new, like, the young lines of New Japan. But did you notice as well, they were, um, throughout the whole show, they was like um, ring boys. Yeah. So there was like the guys that don't know at home. A ring boy is basically like a like a helper at ringside. So you know they sort of um, take the uh, wrestlers like gear when they're when they're undressed their like entrance attire. But also I noticed tonight the big spots like the dive spots mm. to the outside of the ring. They was used for kind of like um, like to help with the spot. Like they would yeah. they would be there ready to take the spot. Yeah, especially um, with the Star Shamu one, especially as well. That was the one that yeah. you had a few of them there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, it's nice to see that, but it's just it's it's very pro evolving, isn't it? I mean, they're just getting bigger, bigger. The snowballing, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's just development. It's nice to see. Like the talent wasn't young, was it? No, they're not at all. Um, one must have been what in his forties, and the other guy's probably in his early thirties. It was good. It was a solid match as well. Yeah, fair. really good match. Really good. Some of those moves as well were pretty mm. damn good. The finish move was pretty damn cool. It looked like he kind of did something wrong there, but, you know, yeah, the way yeah. that he, uh, way that the, he, the guy bumped taking the power bomb was a bit kind of like... It was quite high, wasn't it? It was yeah. quite along the sort of the back of the neck and traps. And every, after the impact, everyone went, oh, in the audience. Like, you could hear yeah. people saying, you know, someone shouted out Botchamania, so you never know, you yeah. might see it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Matthew, and if you're listening, put it on. And I quite like the fact that the guy was like saying, are you all right? They shook hands and they gave each other a big hug, which I kind of like that as well. I love that. Like, yeah. I thought it was really cool with respect at uh, Angle. Yeah, looking after the boys, looking after each other. That's yeah, definitely. Having fun, but being safe. Indeed it is. Match two was Chris Brooks versus Artemis. Fantastic guy from um, Canada. And uh, I'd, I've never seen him before. Neither have I. I thought it was very, very good. Oh, my God. What a match. That was one of the best. I think for the, the structure of the match, with the outside interference with Chris Brooks' um, pal. Kid Locus, is that his name? Kid, yeah, wearing the lucha gear. Yeah. What a well-put-together match that was. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I did as well. I've, I've always been a big fan of Chris Brooks. And it's good to see that, even though his other partner, Travis Banks, who was big with him in Red Pro, mm-hmm. has gone on to different stuff, it's good to see him like doing really well in the heavyweight division as well. Yeah. And to see these great matches as well. Because, yeah, he was very good. And I had no idea who he was, but he impressed me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is with Chris Brooks, right, I don't know about you, but I look at him and you look at him and like, I, I, the way I see him and think, you walk to the ring and you think, you're a wrestler. He, like, he hasn't got that kind of like typical build. He's yeah. very tall, very lean, but flipping out, gets in that ring and the, the storytelling, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, you could even say technically the same thing about um, Zach Virginia as well. Yeah, you would look at him and actually think, you know... But he said to me, I'm wearing the suplex t-shirt better than what he does. And he laughed. He's got a sense of humour. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Zach Sabre Jr., I mean, he's not as bad as Chapman. But, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, Chapman is literally his mini-me. Yeah, Chapman is mini Sabre Jr. Yeah. Um, but the good thing about Zach is he makes every move, like, look like it's going to kill you as well. So, yeah. I mean, Same uh, as Chris Brooks. A lot of the moves that he was doing as well were really impressive. And it's like making... Each, like when he put him into like armbar stuff, like wrenching stuff, it's just that like, adding to that sort of like intensity of the mood as well, which I really like too. Yeah, they call um, they call Zack Sabre Jr. the submission master or yeah. the submission wizard or whatever he wants to be called, uh, you know, as per week. It's a bit like when you saw uh, Zack Sabre Jr. in the um, 
open challenge thing for the WWE. The first match he'd done wasn't really Zack Sabre Jr.'s style, and then he becomes more aggressive. He plays a better heel character than what he does to face like, basically. Yeah, because I remember reading the comments and people were, mo- were moaning and saying it was quite boring. It's like, but you don't know Zack Sabre Jr. enough yeah. to appreciate why he's so good. And then later on in that tournament, I, mean, I think he got to the semis, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, everyone was loving him because he'd become aggressive and a bit, you know, against the rules, a bit of a heel, you know, a bit of a yeah. form breaker. And I thought, ah, oh, this is interesting. Because I wonder how different the result would have been if it wasn't becoming the true Cruiserweight Championship, if they would have had Zack and Kota Bushi as the final, if it wasn't going to be the champion going on to like the different shows, or if they just would have just kept it just as CWC. Yeah. Because yeah, I think Zack would have won it, honestly. I do, because I was trying to think you got into the final. Was it TJP? It was TJP and Grand Metalik, I believe, was in the final. And obviously, Grand Metalik is part of that Lucha party, and you've got uh, TJP who's gone. So it's kind of like, well, that, that was a bit of a waste. But, yeah. I and I don't think uh, Kota Ibushi was ever going to stay with WWE, and they probably knew that. <laughs> so yeah, pretty thought, much. Yeah, we'll get him as far as we can get him, but we won't put him over as such. But, uh, anyway, where was we? Uh, Chris Brooks match. Yeah, good match. Probably enjoyed it. Uh, Chris Brooks went over, but in a very hill manner. Yes, he did. Yeah, very hill manner with Kid Lycos. Um, using the steel chair to help him win, which I thought was really good as well. Yeah, I mean, it was a typical, like, 101 play. Um, you know, distract the ref, you know, cause the uh, obstruction. Referee's not looking, steel, chop, steel chair shot from the outside. Chris Brooks, one, two, three. Lovely. Job done. Good, good, good. Yeah, enjoyed it. Definitely, man. Same here. Great match. And the third match was the tag match between Shaw Samuels and Josh Bodum against... Curtis Chapman and Dan McGee, Dan I believe that was his name. Yeah, it was. Now, that was a good match as well. Yeah. The intensity and just the proper, like, right beginning of the match, and you had the four of them in fighting in the crowd. Shaw yeah. Samuels, Dan McGee in the um, bar area as well, which was really cool. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as soon as Josh Bowden come out, I said to you, this guy is legit. Yeah. He's one of my favourite independent wrestlers, is uh, Josh Bowden. I think he's going to go a long way. Um, he's, he's, see, I've always said it. Even if you look, you know, go back to our um, previous podcast that we've done about Red Pro on the uh, recap show. I think Josh Bowden is the next big thing. He's got aggression. He plays a perfect heel. He's cocky, snug. It looks good. He never gets hurt, and for some reason, he always gets colour. He, his ear was busted open. Tonight. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the match. Really, really enjoyed the match. Um, I quite liked as well. It was very different to normal Rev Pro match, especially on that card where obviously the main event was very different being the first of its kind. But just I, I like the fact that with Rev Pro all the matches are very different to each other. It's not always the same style of matches continuously. I like how that one was quite sort of hardcore hardcore you have another match which was later on, very much high flying, cruiserweight style and it's just you know, it's just really good. Yeah, it's a bit like Vince McMahon's variety show but done better. Yeah, pretty much. Um yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I must admit that it's, it's awesome. They've got the high flying stuff because they, where they've got that connection with uh, the Japanese, you know, New Japan Pro. But then again, they had uh, guys from Canada. They had guys from the States tonight. They had guys from um, Spain. Yeah, the White Wolves. Some White Wolves. Yeah, yeah, the White Wolves. Never heard of them. Um, well, they they were pretty good though. The I enjoyed them. Two, the two the two wrestlers from the White Wolves. They were pretty good. Well, the second one was better, Carlos. Um, oh, you didn't like AQ? I thought AQ was alright. AQ was alright, but that botch reverse Barna. Oh, yeah. Was dangerous. That was very dangerous. But shit happens. Ain't ballet. 
Yeah, another great match. Um, any other thing you'll talk about the match and Rich before we carry on? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I enjoy anything Josh Bowden does. I think um, everything he does in terms of goals. Um, no, it's just a solid match. It was um, the heels cutting off the ring. Uh, the good guys looking for the hot tag. Hot tag was broken up. Um, really, really worked for it. And poor old Chapman. Yeah. At the end of the match, got thrown around all over the place in like some kind of cobra clutch. Um, and the heels got the win. And Josh Bowden's tag team partner, he just said his name, is it McGee? Charles uh, Samuels. Charles Samuels, sorry. Um, he cut a promo with one of them um, young contenders having to film it, bless him, doing his young line work. Yep. Um, and who was he challenging? Suzuki for Sunday. Suzuki for Sunday. There's a Rev Pro show somewhere else. Uh, In Portsmouth, I believe it is. Portsmouth, yeah. Yeah, so because Portsmouth is their like, place where they like train and headquarters and everything for Rev Pro, which is quite cool. Mm. So, down the south in the district yeah so uh, they're setting up for Sunday but um, mm-hmm. no it was a good match enjoyed the match very good match yeah very good match and match number four was A-Kid versus Matt Seidel who was known previously in WWE as Evan Bourne so if you don't know who Matt Seidel is yeah. I, I quite enjoyed this match I thought Matt Seidel was a bit weird because I don't watch Impact so I don't really know his character yeah but I quite like the fact that he was quite like interacting and making comments and stuff and in the match as well and you could you know mm. kind of add in more to the match what do you think about the match did you not really enjoy it that much I actually didn't really enjoy it that much um, I don't think he ever really got going because um, I don't know if this is kind of wrong in saying but the, the style that Matt Seidel let's, let's call him Evan Bourne Evan Bourne's style nowadays it was a lot slower paced a lot ground based obviously he's getting older so maybe he's trying to slow it down a bit but um, mm-hmm. no I this was one match I had a disconnect from and um I just didn't find it really good going. I'm not blaming Matt today. I'm, I'm blaming the other White Walker guy. But um, no, to me, I didn't really enjoy the match. It's nice to see like Matt Sadell, you know, Sadell, Evan Bourne. But um, I think if they'd have put Matt Sadell with like someone, if you put him against someone like a Will Ospreay, you'd get magic. Oh yeah, definitely. So I think that was just the card was a bit. But also, I kind of feel like because with his character now, it is kind of like is that how the character is? Well, the sort of thing as well, the slower pace and stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, still with the shooting star press. Yeah, no, that was pretty awesome, the two shooting star press. But it was kind of like, it didn't really feel like, even though I haven't watched any Evan Bourne, they, uh, Matt Seidel stuff for ages, yeah. it's kind of like, is that how he wrestles now? Or does he wrestle in that sort of style? So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I think maybe we have to watch more of his stuff. It could have been pleased to him in WWE and previously yeah. Ring of Honor and stuff, him being a lot more faster and stuff. It's kind of like, I don't know. Or did he slow it down because of his opponent? Maybe, you never, you never know. You know, there was a lack of experience in that match. Like the, um, we said that, you know, uh, Sadell went for like a reverse hurricane runner, but it was a spike runner. And um, the whole thing just fell apart. And yeah, Matty fell apart. I felt really bad for both of the rest. It looked like both of them took a really bad bump in that, in that move as well. It was horrible. They took a bad bump and Matt Sadell landed square on top of his head to the point where the referee straight away went down the whole crowd you know when something kind of like sucks the air out of a room yep <gasps> everyone went shit yeah guys like, you were saying you thought a kid as well uh, even earlier the match hurt himself yeah but I I, I I don't know if it was him selling well but um, there was a spot where it was really simple it was um, Matt Sardell hit like a drop kick and I think it was meant to be like to pick up the pace like to feed like for the comeback and he literally just laid on the floor 
staring at the ref after he took the drop kick and uh, Matt Sadell sort of like looked and then dropped to his knee and sort of went to the corner. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, again, something's wrong. There was like a little mini concussion. He come back round, but I think for I think for five seconds, I think he didn't know where he was. But obviously, Steve Austin sort of went for the uh, backdrop with Undertaker at the um, Survivor Series that year, or whatever it was. And they, you know, Austin says he can't actually remember anything for ten minutes in that match. I think honestly, there might have been a concussion. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I I just thought out of the whole card, that match to me, I I, I just didn't enjoy it. That's just my opinion of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I could I couldn't find myself getting into it as much as other matches. I thought for me it was the worst match of the card. Yeah. But I can see that when it was starting to build up a bit, it got quite interesting and quite good fun. So yeah, yeah, the ending was quite good. That was the ending. It was a. It was I can't remember what movie it was, but that movie looked fucking epic. It's one of those things because we had so much other big things happen. It's kind of like you forget. Yeah. So it wasn't the match normal. Well, yeah, Matt was there. It wasn't his um, shooting style, was it? No. Nah. Um, it was some weird sort of like... Oh, it was like a curtain call with a cradle. Oh, that was it, yes. Yeah, I remember, oh, yes, I remember now. Yeah, like a reverse DDT, but then he yeah. looked. Yeah, it was, then it he was a lot. In a way, I suppose it was a bit like a reverse end of days like Drew McIntyre DDT thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that was, yeah, that was freaking awesome. That was a great move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, match number five was uh, Five Way. Match. I'll be honest. I can't remember who the participants were, but before the match even started, T.K. Cooper was one of the names I remember now. Was attacked by uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. He's like a PG version of um, the guy from AEW. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he. Um, it was. It was quite good actually as a proper as a proper heel and stuff. Yeah. You can tell he's been. Um, he's definitely been years in the game because he's yeah. in the action with the crowd and stuff. Yeah, it was more of a character wrestler. Yeah. Um, Painted background, he played like a villain with a moustache, like a bit of a beard. It, it was kind of like an 80s porn star, kind of cocky, arrogant, hill kind of like American thing. It was good. It was, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Again, these were five wrestlers I hadn't heard of. Yeah, neither have I. And I thought it all did really, really well. Yeah, that's what I like about Red Pro. You see new talent. You know, I was yeah. looking forward to seeing someone like Speedball tonight, but he wasn't on. But, um, but yeah, because a lot of with Red Pro, they use people that you know, but also give you new people too. Like that Michael Shea was one of the wrestlers in that match, who's now an official member of Red Pro. And it's cool to see them giving other people a chance and stuff, and it's not just always the same people, which is good. Yeah, he was good as well, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely, very, very good. So yeah, that was also a really good match. Um, any anything else we want to talk about the match, then, Rich? Uh, no, nah, I mean for a five-way match, obviously they can be a bit scrambly, but. Um, no, it was put together well, wasn't it? Um, yeah, very good match. Yeah, very good. Everyone knew their cue and the finish was done well. Um, TK Cooper got sort of screwed out again. So, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah, definitely, man. That's good. And then match number six was the amazing tag team match for the British Heavyweight Tag Team Championship between our boy Suzuki Gun versus Aussie Open. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? Love this match. Anything like I said, everyone on this show knows I'm a massive Zack Sabre Jr. mark, and uh, I'm a really big Suzuki mark as well. So, so you know, the whole arena. Yeah. I think it was you, me, and a guy behind that was like wanting uh, the Suzuki gun to like go over. But uh, it was a good match actually. Um, Aussie Open. That we've seen them a couple of times, Red Pro, and they are so over with the crowd. Um, 
you know, they're, they're really, really well liked. But uh, good match, solid match. They had an hour on the time limit because it was a semi-main event. Um, mm-hmm. It was only like the third match, it was the second, third match in the second half. So, yeah, they was really giving them time. And um, everyone they got, was able to get everything in. Zach Saber Jr. tied people in knots. Suzuki slapped the shit out of people. Yeah, what do you expect? What, so, yeah, what, what you basically saying? And I love the fact that everyone was recording to do kid, and as soon as I like, said, come on, and then it's like, and he's like, sorry, and you see that everyone was clapping even louder for him. Oh, God. That was yeah. so funny. I love Suzuki. He's brilliant. I'll tell you he what, is. as he's got older, he sort of mellowed a bit. Like, he does things to the crowd he's never used to in New Japan. He was such a, like, he's like a shooter. Yeah. And um, especially when he's telling those fans to shut up when they're all trying to pass the open, and even it was like, shush, and then he put a bit of big up to them as well. So funny. Yeah, the top balcony was shouting, oh, they, oh, they, well, um, Suzuki had the bigger one in a headlock, and he just looked at the top of the balcony, and I looked up, and they're all standing there giving him the middle finger. As soon as Suzuki sort of tilted his head and just sort of squinted and went, shut up. Sounded like Vince McMahon, but he, yeah, he went shut up. They all sort of sat down and they was all shaking like a shitting dog after that. So it, uh, that was quite funny. Yeah, uh, the, the saying goes: those fans were all fart and no poo. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to use that quote. You're going to get that over. Mark. I am going to get that over for sure. Thank yeah. you, Matthew, for that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. But, um, no, good match, and uh, the result of that, as uh, you know, that's um, probably all he's saying. Suzuki can drop the British Tag Team Championships to Aussie Open. Mm. So everyone kicked off and everyone was happy. I mean, I stood up and clapped, obviously. We know it's all the show. And um, they put on a brilliant match. But uh, I didn't want Suzuki Gun to drop the titles. I didn't either. I love Suzuki Gun. They're my favourites. They're so good. Yeah. I was sad they, I was sad they lost, but, you know, hey-ho, it what happens, isn't it, sometimes? But are they going to stay a tag team now? I'm sure they will do. I mean, I know you've got the faction, Suzuki Guns, Takamichi Noku and the rest of the lot, but do you honestly think Suzuki himself dropping that title is a sign that he's slowing down? I pray to God it ain't. But could you see that as a sign to say, like... I, okay. I don't I don't think so, because he's still wrestling on Sunday, and I just think he might just become a single star from now on. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Because he was still doing his, like his usual stick and stuff and that sort of thing so it wasn't like his style was any different and that sort of thing but I really hope that he doesn't because he's amazing and having all their fans say Kazi, no Nair as well is brilliant too so <laughs> you know yeah 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 no, I hope he doesn't go um, that's just me thinking as soon as someone a bit older drops a title I'm not like, <gasps> but um, yeah nah I'm sure maybe they wanted to give it to someone else and maybe Suzuki Gum will then do some other stuff maybe they want to focus that more on singles wrestling, maybe? I'm not sure. Well, he's holding the strap at the moment for the British heavyweight, so... Uh, yeah, he is, yeah. Maybe that's true, you know? Like, maybe they are sort of thinking to themselves, well, Zach's got the um, British Championship. The problem is, obviously, they're holding the tag titles. So they've got a... They want Suzuki on the show, so they, maybe they've got a kind of, you know... And the final match of the pay-per-view, which was the event of the for the British Cruiserweight Championship in a ladder match, the first time ever in Revolution Pro Wrestling history between our boy David Starr versus El Fantasmo. My first match in England was June 2017 against David Starr live at the cockpit. Uh, the last two years, our names have been connected, seemingly because I've earned and carried this company, and he's just given opportunity after opportunity. Southampton, 
I pinned him. He ran away by kicking me in the dick. Your call. I pinned him. With a belt shot to the head. Cockpit. I pinned him. Belt shot. Failure. After belt shot. After failure. After belt shot. After failure. After belt shot. Finally, that belt is going to be hung 15 feet above that ring. You don't know what you've pushed me to. You don't know what I've been through or what I'm willing to do. The first ever ladder match in RevPro history. El Phantasma, you think it's a good idea to have a ladder match so you can go do a bunch of flips and you can fly around? I'm not afraid to do what I have to do for the championship that I created, for the championship that I made prestigious. I am going to beat and batter and punish you. And then I am going to climb up 15 feet and grab that undisputed British Cruiserweight Championship. Andy Quilden, El Phantasma, Revolution Pro Wrestling, you think that a ladder match scares me? You think the first ever ladder match in Revolution Pro Wrestling history scares me? You think on May 10th I'm walking into your call terrified? No. On May 10th, I will make sure that you can't climb a ladder, El Phantasmo, because I'm going to break your legs. It's LP, it's David Starr, it's the undisputed British Cruiserweight Championship. The championship that I've made the most important title in Revolution Pro Wrestling. Two years climaxes on May 10th. The first ever ladder match. I'm going to punish you. I am going to make you bleed. Old Bullet Club. Old <laughs> Bullet Club, yes. So you recently joined them about a week ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, fantastic match that, wasn't it? My God. That was a great match. I felt the match started slightly slow at the beginning, but when it got into it, my God, that match was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it started off a bit slow, and I thought, What's this ladder match going to be like? Obviously, both of them have not... Well, I don't know if they've done ladder matches in previous promotions, but, um, yeah, it started off slow, but there were some sick spots in that match. Um, yeah, loads of colour. Yeah, loads of colour. David Starr, like, was proper bleeding in that match. So it was crazy just how much colour he had. Oh, God, yeah, it was a typical uh, Brock Lesnar colour, that was. Yeah, very typical Brock Lesnar colour. <laughs> yeah, or Ric Flair as well. Yeah, Ric Flair used to bleed like a dust pig, didn't it? Yeah. Especially with that white hair, he used to show like God knows what. I think that's why he had that beautiful white hair because when he bled, it would show a lot more better. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can see it a lot more and stuff. It's yeah. Quite clever, actually, what they were doing, that sort of thing. But yeah, I thought some of the moments were like fucking insane. Yeah, there was um, uh, fighting in the crowd, um, ladders, chairs, headshots, chairs, bum tacks. Bum tacks, yeah. Uh, being put through a ladder, like, you know, yeah. twice, three times. They were being put through ladders. Chris Roberts as well. Chris Roberts actually doing a spot. Yeah. Um, actually doing the spot, not taking a spot. Um, he got involved. Who was the little guy with David Starr? I have no idea who he was. I said to you, like, who is that little guy? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It must be something to do with their, like, two-year vignette of stories, but I've never seen him. Yeah. Because uh, I thought the promo package, even before the match, was really good as well, building up. And yeah. I kind of liked it. It reminded me a bit of like the UFC when they interview like the 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 fighters before the fight and stuff. And I kind of liked that aspect to it as well. It was very sporty and stuff. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it wasn't your typical uh, what you used to with WWE. It's like yeah. more reality. Um, 
And David Stowe as well was just fantastic on the mic anyway, so David Stowe is just amazing, so... He's just naturally, like, I don't think he gets nervous. No. Even when you meet him, like, you, I mean, you've met him a few times, you know him quite, you know, relatively quite well. You have conversations with him, but, um, yeah. you know, every time you see him, he was at the merch table before the show, hands in his pockets, says, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm good, yeah, excited. And you think to yourself, mate, if I knew I was involved with a main event ladder match being televised, like, demand TV... And it'd been hyped so much, and you've got all eyes on the match because of Bullet Club. He, you know, like Alpha Tasman joining BC. I'd be a lot more worried than Dave Starr. He was yeah. just like, "Hey, yeah, guys, nice to meet you." Yeah, because yeah, he was really cool. Because when I met him, he was like saying, "All right, mate," like shook my hand and stuff. Like blah blah blah. blah. It's like, yeah, he's such a nice guy. I love David Starr. Mm. But it's just how he holds his composure. Yeah, but I suppose that makes a difference between someone being a mid carder and someone who just thinks, right, no, this is my job, I do it to the best of my ability and I know I'll do well and he always does. Yeah, definitely. He is, for me, one of my favourite wrestlers ever. Like, he is so good. He's really good at Twitter. Yeah, he's very good at Twitter. I love the moniker. I actually was video recording him as well. If there was any person standing up again, there's actually, if you look at my um, uh, picture on Facebook, not my profile, the top one, whatever it's called. Oh, the cover. Cover, that's me in the background with David Starr's intro. Oh, is it? Yeah, you, you can see you can see the guy from Gorilla Position, the gr- Beyond Gorilla, um, doing it a picture, and you can see me <laughs> on my phone. It's fucking awesome. I'll show you it. I love to see it. I've you got a massive smiley grin on your face. I did. Yes, David Star. I also love the fact as well they added a few more monikers to him, Mister Deathmatch or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that was really cool because obviously he does a lot for CCW and stuff David as well. Deathmatch so. star and stuff. Yeah, because like I like the fact as well to add more to the match. Both the wrestlers went in their trunks. They were in like street bike, street, yeah. street bike clothes. Like David Starr was the, like his. At first, I was kind of thinking, is the match not happening? Because you know, we brought the guy up. I thought maybe we could say, I'm not going to wrestle you. And then actually, he did. And I kind of liked the fact that they were kind of like in that to add more to the match as well. Because you can tell it was a proper fight. Yeah, it's like Sean Michael's street fight attire, wasn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like the whole um, CM Punk Chris Jericho match when they had their street fight. Yeah. Uh, they were both in street clothes. Street clothes, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Well, so, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, El Fantasmo's like entrance that was fucking epic. That it? was really good, yeah. That yeah. was really cool. Did All the crowd lad. wanted him to win, but yeah. we wanted David Starr to win, and we were even chanting David Starr, and it was good that the, the chants were quite loud in that match as well, because I felt in the last two matches, that's when the crowd got really into the show, because the yeah. other matches, they were into the show, but not as much as um, those two matches, event, the main yeah. event and the main event. So, I mean, they, they build, that's the way it should be, really, though. No, they build up a show. It's not like, you know, like when you watch a, like, a pay-per-view and you think, main event was shit, and you walk away with a sad, like, taste in your mouth. Yeah. You never get that with Rev Pro. They do literally save the best of us. Yeah, definitely, man. So, I was sad with the result because I wanted David Starr to win, but it was such a good match, I don't really care. No, it's like when you said to me, like, I said, obviously, we were speaking this week, and it was like, fucking hell, EPH has joined Bullet Club. And then I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him the title because looking at his entrance at New Japan, he didn't seem as over as what he is in the UK, obviously. Cause he's yeah, he did. Yeah. Like, I thought, well, I don't know, maybe they give him the title just to kind of give him a bit more credibility over in Japan. Because mm-hmm. if they see him walk into the arena with gold, which they will do being Red Pro New Japan, they, they share each other's titles. Yeah. Um, does it make him a little bit more... Like, like a, say, deputy character, but a bit more legitimate to join the Bullet Club. Because mm-hmm. at oh, the yeah. moment, it does feel a bit like, oh, you're in Bullet Club, what are you doing? You're doing much at the moment? Yeah, okay, join, join, Bullet Club. Like, back in the day, being a part of the Bullet Club was like a massive honour. 
yeah, when you look at the names that have been through it, you know, like your, your, your AJ and like your Bucks and, you know, like... Kenny Mager and Master Skull, those sort of people, yeah. Yeah, they're like international, like, everyone knows their name. Mm-hmm. Like, even like Bone Soldier and stuff like that. Like, I didn't know much about Bone Soldier. I knew he was part of Bullet Club. When did I see him? Red Pro. Yeah. It just shows Red Pro how, how legit it is, but... I don't know, I don't know if, um, you know, Alpha Tasman, like, is he, I mean, you know more about than I do, would you put him in the same bracket as Bone Soldier, as, like, like the Tokyo Pimp and, like, all that lot, like, the mid card bullet club? Probably not in Japan, but definitely, uh, definitely high, uh, high in the UK. Yeah. Because every time I've seen Alpha Tasmo, he has been over like Rover. The fans love him, he's really popular, and I think him now being part of the bullet club, and him now also being part of New Japan will then have more eyes on him as well. Yeah. Because even though Rev Pro is probably, I would, I, in my opinion, the biggest UK independent promotion. I know a lot of people have also say Progress is quite big as well. Most, a lot of people always talk about Progress, but to me, it's always been Rev Pro. Yeah, me too. And that I think now that he's got that extra eyes on him and more people are going to see him live and watch him wrestle, he's going to be more popular. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is Bullet Club's making him bigger. Yeah. But then again, I, I think New Japan are making him bigger. Whatever he would have done in New Japan would have made him bigger because even though Red Pro are big and they've done a lot of stuff with uh, the MSG show and with New Japan and stuff in Wrestle Kingdom, but it's not actual New Japan. So now he's part of New Japan, that's going to bring him up yeah. and stuff. So it's good good because I like the fact that we've seen these wrestlers like start from Red Pro and become these big stars and start becoming even bigger and they still wrestle for Red Pro as well, which is why. Zack Sabre Jr. is one as well that I don't think we'll ever leave Red Pro because, you know, they've done so much. And even though he wrestled for Progress, like, you don't see him much for Progress anymore. I don't think you've seen him hardly at all for Progress, but same with uh, Will Ospreay. Even though he only does uh, Red Pro part-time, he's still, like, I'm wrestling for Red Pro, who that's his British company he wrestles for. Yeah, it's you his know. home. It's his home. It's yeah. his UK home. Yeah. You know, it's like when you watch uh, NXT UK and Dave Virgil, Dave Virgil, uh, part of the tag team to the European Union thing that he's doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's Dave Virgil. Dave's Dave, Dave, something bald headed bloke. I remember watching him the first ever Red Pro show we went to. The um, I think it was the first or the second one. It might have been the Bullet Club night. But he fought or wrestled Dave Mastiff. Yes. And now you're watching NXT UK. You think, well, that's Dave Mastiff. He was Red Pro. Dave Virtual, I think his name is. He was Red Pro. He's sponsored by Suplex at the time. Um, obviously, we've seen Chris uh, Roberts. He's on NXT UK occasionally. Yeah. Um, there's another referee that's been on NXT UK, and I sent you a picture of him, and I was like, we just come back from Red Pro, and I was watching NXT, and I was like, is this the referee from Red Pro? And he was like, yeah, um, quite a bigger build bloke. Um, yes, the guy who was once at one point and the announcer as well, wasn't he? I think. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. yeah, I think the reason why Warspray stayed because without Red Pro, I don't think Warspray would be where he is now. If um, Andy Quigley didn't say to him, "You'll be wrestling um, Okada," and then having that match back in 2015, I don't think Okada would have been like, "You should sign this guy to New Japan." So yeah, you know, because I think he owes a lot to. Andy Quiglin and also well, Andy Quiglin is such a great uh, like guy to be able to get all these people and stuff as well so yeah but also the fact that like, a lot of people still want to work for him I mean he must be a good boss you yeah, know? Def- yeah definitely I mean he's had people Bret Hart's appeared on, on, on it 
Rick Flair nearly did, but he left. He had to call. He had all the superstars there before yeah. because he's a good guy and he will pay you the money and stuff. I think he learned a lot from because he used to be uh, in a partnership with a guy who used to own 1PW because he used to kind of own 1PW and someone else. But then because he fucked everyone over and, and he was kind of I'm not gonna be like that and then ended up making Red Pro back in 2012 and then being like actually yeah. did so much Red Pro and stuff. So yeah, you know. I didn't know that. Um, I don't see with Osprey ever going to the uh, WWE UK. I don't, I don't, I don't at all. He'll be stupid too, honestly. He won't have half his boots there. No, um, and also as well, I like him what he does anyway for New Japan and stuff. So, but if he wants to go to WWE, it's up to him at the end of the day. You know, but I, I don't think he would, he would. Listening to interviews and when he answers questions, and they mention the WWE, he's like not interested at the moment. Yeah, not interested. So, well, I've actually asked him myself. Been said it before, like. Um, I met him at a IBW show in um, Rochester, Ken, and um, I said to him, would you ever join them, you know, the WWE? And he was like, no. He said, I earn probably better money doing Indies and New Japan rather than going to the States and like working 40 weeks out of the year, whatever it is, and, yeah. you know, never being at home. He said, with this, I can book you know, he didn't go into detail, but basically he was saying, I get time at home. Yeah, with my girlfriend, he's actually a pro wrestler as well, and, you know, he sees his family. You wouldn't get that with WWE, like, the amount of podcasts you listen to, and they're like, you wrestlers get upset at the press because they miss, like, weddings, birthdays, funerals, like, you know, like, why would you want that lifestyle when you can earn the same money, if not better, working down the York Bull? Yeah, and also everything that you sell, you'll be getting the money yourself. Well, going to your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and also with progressing teas, everything, and independent stuff becoming so big, yeah. that some things besides WWE sell so much more than WWE stuff does. So, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely, man. But it's not okay to let the girl, like the money for photo opportunity with Zach, and, uh, you know, like 10 quid, say hello and get a photograph. You know, the queue is massive. Yeah, the queue was massive, yeah, huge. For every 10 people, it's 100 quid. Yeah, and, and that was either, and that's just a picture, an extra 10 pounds to have uh, an autograph of him as well. That's even crazier. Exactly, so if he's doing that tonight, he's probably made 500 quid, plus whatever he's earned from being at the show. Yeah. So he's got his payday for bread price, his money through autographs, photo ops, he's going to do the same tomorrow night. You know? And then the same Sunday as well, wouldn't Sunday. He? Yeah. That's 1,500 quid over a weekend, plus normal pay. And yeah, I, reckon, I reckon more than that, he'll probably get. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying it's like an average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I reckon he is more thinking about it. Yeah, but, yes. So, overall, the rest, what, uh, what would you think, what do you think of that whole show itself? Like, what would you give it out of five, the whole show? Or maybe uh, uh, maybe a lesser grade, whatever the easiest for you. Yeah, I'll go there, grade. I'll give that. The two main events really brought the show up. Mm-hmm. I will give it a B minus. Okay. I would give it an A just because even though that one match was a bit boring, the last two matches were like so good and I was so invested that I can even try to talk now and feel like I would lose my voice because it was that good of a show. I must admit, it was definitely the best two main events I've ever seen in a show, more so the ladder match, that was unreal. Yeah. 
but I just thought the first half of the show, I don't know, it, I don't know, it's like, the thing I like about Rev Pro is, even though the first half wasn't that great, and it was, even though it was, okay, not great in terms of a harsh word to say, but it was really good, yeah. <laughs> but because the two main events were so good, but that's what you want for main event, you want the main events to be that amazing, and that bit like, oh my god, everything, it just blew everything out of the water, yeah, 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 and that's why I like that show, because the first half was pretty good, the end there was a bit of a, well, match was a bit all right, a bit shit, honestly. But everything else is good, and the team and events were fucking amazing, so yeah, that's yeah. why I give it an A. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, if you get a chance to watch it when it goes on to uh, On Demand, uh, I would highly recommend this show. It's probably for me, just for the main event alone, one of the top shows I've been to for Repro. Yeah, me too. Yeah, my favourite one's always going to be the Bloody Club Night. Yeah, that was a great night. That was Marlo, Marty, yeah. Marty, Youngbuck, Cody. Yeah, that was a great one. That was unreal, that was. Yeah, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I'm giving it a B minus. Um, But I must admit, if you're talking about main events, it's one of the ladder matches, the best main event I've ever seen at a Red Pro. Yeah, me too. I've loved it. Another match is probably one of the best main events I've ever seen ever when I've seen a match live because. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. So everything meant something, and like everything was amazing. The crowd were insane for it and stuff. A really, really good show. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And that, my friends, was an episode of Naya Wrestling. We are amazing review on Rev Pro Epic Encounters. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to us on all different social media such as iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rich, before we head off, my friend, anything on a plug towards the pizza or anything, or the plug, like anything in general, if you listen to you, do your own Twitter, Instagram, or even your own podcast or YouTube channel or that kind of bollocks? Yeah, no, um, yeah, the standard, uh, the only uh, social media I use for wrestling is um, Twitter, that's Richard Philbert uh, One. I'll be posting a few pictures up for tonight. I've got Zach Davis' entrance and You'll see a very happy Richard Filmer with Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, photograph opportunity on there. I'll put that up there for the month like tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Um, apart from that, no, Mark, that's pretty good for me. No worries, boy. And for me, you guys are going to be seeing my amazing video of Manuel Suzuki's entrance with a little bit of black when I'm clapping and then get back in the thing again with David Starr's moniker. So, yeah, what can you ask for? What more can you ask for? Yeah. And we've been your host, guys, as always. Mark and Richie, nothing no wrestling guys, take care, always remember. Mark taught me a very clever thing tonight. Always remember that it's all about what, what is it? No. You say uh, it, right. This okay. is the best thing you guys are ever gonna hear. This okay. is words of truth. This is words of truth. I thank Matthew from Watchmania for this was he appeared on the uh, WrestleMania episode of O OSW Review. Uh, WrestleMania Spotify watch watches fucking amazing. Um he was all far to no poo. <laughs> Red Pro, baby! Red Pro! Casino there!